Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. So this is our final instalment of our Make Room series. We've heard in this month about three instructions that Jesus gave us in the Sermon on the Mount. Three instructions that he gave us. He said, when you fast, and we've talked about fasting and we've made room to do that. What's been beautiful about this series is is that it has gone beyond just a Sunday morning and it's infiltrated the life of our church. So we've had fasting Fridays, we've done Zooms where we've gathered together to pray which has been brilliant so we've talked about when you fast Jesus said when you pray so we've been really intentional about prayer and we've gathered together to pray on zoom kids have had prayer journals that they've been doing with families which has been excellent and I know our youth as well have been following this series through and Jesus said a third thing he said when you give And so this morning, we're going to look at that aspect of what Jesus told us to do. When you give, how we can make room for that in our lives and the result that it will have on us. And now, as we approach this, we're talking about giving. I'm aware that in a British culture, it is impolite and unpopular to talk about money. Like, I I just heard everything within people just clenching a little bit when I said we're going to talk about giving. Some eyes started twitching a little bit because it's not done. We don't do it. But Jesus talked about money way more than we would be comfortable with. We would have maybe rebuked him a little bit. Some of us wouldn't have wanted to follow him for the amount that he talked about giving, the amount he talked about money. But the reason is, is that it is a kingdom principle with an impact on earth and an impact on our lives that can cause us to increase, cause us to be more open to who God is and what he wants to do. It has a benefit and a blessing to us. Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So we all know it's blessed to receive, isn't it? It, Anybody like receiving things? Yeah. So it is good when we get things. Like that moment where you are given a gift on Mother's Day that has been perfectly chosen by your husband in plenty of time, by your partner in plenty of time. We know the good feeling that I'm just sowing the seed again. 10th of March, 10th of March, everybody. Um, we know it's good to receive. It, it encourages us. It benefits us. It, it does something good in us. It is blessed to receive. But Jesus said, as good as that is, it's more blessed to give, more blessed to give than to receive. And this isn't just a biblical principle, but it's scientifically proven. It's scientifically proven that it is better to give than it is to receive. So in a book called Wellbeing, the author outlines five aspects, essential elements for thriving well-being. So they did a huge study, 150 countries, and they identified five universal elements that contribute to a healthy thriving well-being and they were career well-being social well-being financial physical well-being and community well-being and they found that there was one aspect that could change kind of pretty average all right well-being 
to thriving well-being in those areas and it was actually giving giving causes well-being to go from being all right to thriving and um both in financial and community well-being researchers found that giving resulted in a greater return for our well-being than receiving giving actually benefited our well-being more than receiving and i like i struggled to get my head around that because i really enjoy retail therapy retail therapy is legitimate in my life and i have experienced the benefit anybody else like a little bit of retail therapy it makes you feel good doesn't it when you see that thing that you wanted that you didn't really know that you wanted but as soon as you saw it you knew that you'd wanted it forever and it was the very thing that you needed to complete your life and lift you and make all your problems go away and it often happens for me in primark more than anywhere else um retail therapy is good but scientifically proven if you want to feel better retail therapy isn't the answer like when a team of harvard researchers surveyed people about the correlation between their spending and their happiness they found that spending on yourself doesn't actually boost your well-being but giving to others does and neuroscientists have found that the regions of your brain that are activated and light up when you receive money actually glow brighter and are more active when you give money so it is scientifically proven that giving donating money results in a greater return for your well-being than receiving it so jesus knew what he was on about didn't he <laughs> science catches up and proves up proves what he's already said said it's scientifically proven it's better to give than receive and and it's not just money that we're talking about this morning that is true of giving of our time giving of our actions giving of our resources our words it is more blessed to give than to receive and i think we'll all have our own examples of when this has been true like the joy that you get when you found the perfect present for somebody and you can't wait you're waiting with anticipation to be able to give it to them or that little buzz that you get when you pay for somebody's meal or when you do something without them knowing you sow some generosity or that feeling that you get when you're obedient to maybe when god said to give a certain amount to somewhere and that feeling that you get we we know that it's true in our lives it's blessed more blessed to give and i've experienced this like time and time again when i've been on mission and um one example in particular last year went to the philippines and um when we were there a storm had hit the island and it was it was devastating it was really bad and a lot of the livelihood in the island that we visit is built around um fishing and so there are fish pens and this storm completely destroyed them the water levels rose so fish then escaped so that they'd been harvesting growing breeding whatever the right word is for a long time and there was one person in particular one pastor that we met and his fish pen had been destroyed his boat had been destroyed his entire livelihood was gone in a in a day um we were doing some training some teaching that week and this pastor instead of taking time to go and fix his boat and fix his business he came to this teaching that we were delivering because he was hungry for the word of god and he was hungry to learn and to grow and at the end of our trip we kind of pulled together we found that we had some money left over and we could have spent it on 
food in the airport. We could have exchanged it when we got home. We could have had a, a lovely massage before we left. But instead, we decided just to pull it together and gift it to a couple of people who were in real desperate need, and this pastor being one of them. And just hearing the impact that it made on him was way better than anything we could have spent that money on ourselves. It was way better and more blessed. We were so much more blessed to be able to give that money away than we would have been to spend it on ourselves. And we know that to be true. And time and time again throughout scripture, we see how that is the case. Obviously, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, when you give, he says it's more blessed to give than receive. Proverbs 11 said that the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will be refreshed. Luke says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. Proverbs 19 says, whoever's kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he'll reward them for what they have done. Proverbs 22, the generous themselves will be blessed. Matthew 6, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's blessed to give. And if that is true, if it is more blessed to give, then I want to get better at giving. I want to I do it more often. I want to be better at it. I want to be intentional about it. I want to make room for that in my life. If that is the impact, if that is what it's going to produce in my life, I want to get better at it. And this morning, I have just got three ways in which we can make room for giving. Three ways that we can grow in our generosity, grow in our giving. So it's going to be super practical this morning. Is that okay? Um, three ways. And you can jot these down if you're making... Notes three truths from scripture that will help us to make room for giving. This first one is a foundation. I think it's a first step um, in helping us to create room for giving fundamental for anyone who is a follower of Jesus. Number one, trust God with the tithe. Trust God with the tithe. Um, a question you may ask is what is the tithe? It's not a word that we use nowadays, but actually it's a Hebrew word, which means a tenth, one tenth, a tithe, one tenth. It's a tenth of whatever we receive. And in Leviticus 27.30, it says, one tenth of the produce of the land, so this is the law at that time, one tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It must be set apart to him as holy. So in other words, if I have a hundred pounds, 10 pounds of that, the first 10 pounds of that isn't actually mine. It belongs to God. It's his, it's his portion. It's that act of worship. Now, when you think about that in today's society, it sounds crazy to give 10% of what you earn away. It is crazy. It does not make sense it's crazy, especially in the financial times that we are in. It's crazy. But is, it is this crazy demonstration of trust that says money is not my God, but God, I trust you 
with my life. I trust you with my finances. This thing is not going to control me. This thing is not going to dictate my happiness. This thing is not going to dictate my safety and my security, my comfort. But God, I give you control of this. It is this crazy statement of trust that says God can do more with 90% than I can do with 100%. That's this crazy statement of trust that the ties is. And just to talk specifically to Christians in the room for a moment, often as Christians, we live in the light of what Jesus has done for us in the cross. We live according to the New Testament. We know that Jesus came to complete and fulfill laws, so we don't necessarily have to live under the laws that were given at that time. So it was the Old Testament that talked about tithing. That was under the law, so we shouldn't have to give 10% anymore, surely. But in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus was talking to some religious leaders at the time and he told them, you should give 10%. Don't forget all of the other stuff as well. You should give 10%. So he affirmed it. He didn't annul that or cancel that out. But what happens is in the New Testament, we don't have to give, but it transitions to we get to give. And that's a, a saying that we've got. It's a, it's a family value that we have as a church, but it's a biblical statement. It's a biblical truth that we get to give. Um, Timothy Keller, who was a great modern-day theologian, offers this response to Christians who maybe ask him about tithing and say, Should we, do we still have to do it? So he says this, There have been times when people have come to me as their pastor and asked about tithing, giving away a tenth of their annual income. They noticed that in the Old Testament, there are many clear commands that believers should give away 10%, but in the New Testament, specific quantitative requirements for giving are less prominent. They often ask me, you don't think that now in the New Testament, believers are absolutely required to give away 10%, do you? I shake my head. No. And they give a sigh of relief. But then I quickly add, I'll tell you why you don't see the tithing requirement laid out clearly in the New Testament. Think, have we received more of God's revelation and grace and truth than the Old Testament believers or less? Usually there's an uncomfortable silence. Are we more debtors to grace than they were or less? Did Jesus tithe his life and blood to save us or did he give it all? Tithing is a minimum standard for Christian believers. We certainly wouldn't want to be in a position of giving away less of our income than those who had so much less of an understanding of what God did to save them. That is a huge challenge. <laughs> we have had so much. In Jesus, we have been given more grace, more freedom, more revelation, more awareness of who God is. So how much more should we freely give as a result? Moving from a have to to a God, I get to. I get to do this. And as New Testament Christians... We are so much more blessed. So from my revelation, my gratitude, my response and thankfulness for who God is, I get to give. And the beautiful thing is that this tithe is amazing because it, it 
um, it comes back to us. And the beautiful thing about these principles Jesus taught about on the Sermon of the Mount, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, they are kingdom principles that like bounce back to us. So as we make room for them, they make room in us. They have a benefit towards us. And God says that with the tithe, this is the one area where we can test him in it. So in Malachi, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So this is a picture of the local church. And when we talk about tithing, we're bringing that to the, to the local church. It's a storehouse where people come to receive, to get spiritual food, get fed. So that's that picture. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This is the only area where God says, test me, see what I can do. Trust me with this and watch how I will bless you. Trust me with this and watch how I provide for you. Trust me with this and watch how I pour out blessing upon you. Trust me with this and I will meet your needs. Work for your good. When we test God in this, he proves himself faithful. And so if we know that it is blessed to give, then we can trust God with the ties and learn to do that. So that's number one. Number two, plan your generosity. Can you say that? Plan your generosity. People, number two. I read a story recently that um, exampled this for me. So it was in a restaurant and a 10-year-old boy climbed up onto a seat on a stool by the counter and asked the waitress for uh, ice cream sundae. He said, how much is an ice cream sundae? And she said that would be five pounds. So he dipped into his pocket, pulled out a bunch of coins, a load of change, put it on the counter and started counting out his change to get this ice cream sundae. And though it was busy, it was a busy time in the restaurant, a queue started forming behind and the waitress was getting a little bit impatient with him, um, just trying to apologise, look apologisingly to the people forming behind and he was counting out. And then the little boy said, well, how much is just plain ice cream, a dish of plain ice cream? So trying not to show her frustration, she said, well, it's going to be £3.50, please, like, just trying to hurry it along. Um, so again, he started counting, she was getting frustrated, trying not to roll her eyes. Um, eventually, passed over the money, she delivered the plain ice cream to him. And as she came back, when he'd gone, cleared things away, she felt convicted about being frustrated, felt really bad for feeling frustrated and impatient, because she saw that as she cleared the dish away, tucked underneath was pound fifty that he'd given as a tip. And what this little boy had done was spent all that time working out his change, went for the cheaper option so that he could give her a tip. And that's just a beautiful example of somebody who was intentional about their generosity, planned to be generous. And I think we're really good at planning to get like planning to acquire. We, we all will have saved for something. We will all have maybe researched to get the best deal. Vinted lovers in the room will know what it is to get a bargain and to search for something to get it as cheap as possible. We're really good at planning to get. But what if, like that little boy, we were intentional about planning how to give, maybe to strategize, to rearrange our priorities, maybe even go without so that we could be intentional about our 
generosity. And Isaiah 32 verse 8 says that this is what generous people do. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. Generous people plan to do what is generous. They plan. It's not accidental or a coincidence. It's intentional. We can plan to be generous. And I just encourage us to think about what that could look like for you in your life. So maybe it looks like creating a separate savings pot so that each month you put an amount into that. And that's to bless, to give away, to um, give to somebody else. Maybe it's as a family having a money box that you put something in to together to decide to be able to do something with it. Maybe it's creating a standing order to church so you're intentional about setting that aside before anything else. Maybe it's planning to do an act of random kindness and going and washing somebody's car, paying for their coffee, whatever it is, dropping flowers round to somebody that needs them. If it is more blessed to give than to receive, we can plan to be generous. That's one of the ways we can make room. So trust God with the ties, plan to be generous. Number three, start now. Start being generous now. I think one of the reasons that we maybe don't give or one of the things that can hinder our generosity is thinking that we, we don't have enough right now. So we think, when I earn this amount, then I'll start tithing, for example. Or when I've like cleared this bit, then I can start thinking about other people and being generous when I then I will and it's like we we wait for the opportune moment but the thing with money is often that never comes does it like we're never we never have enough we never have a, an amount that that we think yes now it is substantial I have everything I need I need nothing more like that that never comes but the thing is what I'm not saying is well you need to you need to be generous right now you need to don't worry about adding pressure to your budget don't worry about paying off that debt you need to just make it happen just do it that's not what i'm saying by any means the thing is it isn't the amount that matters but it's the attitude it's not the the money in and of itself it's it's the motivation that God delights in and so it doesn't matter whether it is a big amount or a small amount like he, God doesn't care about that and there's a beautiful story in the New Testament where Jesus is just watching people giving and he sees people giving these huge shows of giving loads of money pouring it in so that everybody can hear and he spots one little old lady who puts two coins in nobody else would have thought anything of it and it looked pitiful compared to what everybody else was giving. But he knew that it was the posture of her heart, her attitude and motivation that caused him delight because she'd given out of the very little that she had. It's, it's our attitude, not the amount that matters. And the encouraging thing about that is that we can, we can start with what we have and what's possible for us. And I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again and again and again. But another time where we were in the Philippines, 
we were visiting an area where people lived in a cemetery, in and amongst the tombs and the graves. They had nothing. And probably in the times that I've been there, that was one of the worst places and worst conditions for people living. Like I literally didn't know how people survived living there. It was that bad. But as we were walking around, we were meeting people and, and we met this group of girls and started chatting to them. And they had beautiful, colorful bracelets that they'd made and they were selling them. Um, but as we were talking to them, before we left, they gave each of us one of their bracelets that they could have sold. And they had nothing, nothing. And it was this real, real challenge to me. And I get emotional thinking about it now. They had nothing, but out of the little that they had, they gave what they could. And, um, and it showed that they didn't, they didn't have to have big amounts. They didn't have to give big amounts, but what they could, they gave. And it's the same for us. We all have an ability to give something. We all have the ability to send somebody an encouraging message. We all have the ability to sit and spend time with somebody who is in need. We all have the ability to pray for someone. We all have the ability to give something. The amount doesn't matter. It is the posture of our heart. And as we step out in faith, as we create room for giving, as we maybe take a step towards these three areas, the beautiful thing is that regardless of the amount, God is able to use it and bless it. Because often I think we withhold our giving because we think it won't make a difference because it's not substantial. But whatever we give, God is able to bless it. And in fact, Paul shows us this in his letter to the church in Corinth. He says, you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. So God is not only able to bless you as you give, but he will bless others through your giving. So never underestimate what God is able to do with a little. Never underestimate what God is able to do with a mustard seed of faith. Never underestimate what God is able to do with a couple of quid. Never underestimate what God is able to do with a little word of encouragement. Never underestimate what God is able to do with that little portion of your time as you give it to him out of the generosity that has been lavished on you, he is able to bless it, use it to lift people's perspective, to bring hope into their life, bring joy into their life and ultimately lead them to a place of giving thanks to God as a result of our generosity. So in summary, if it is more blessed to give than to receive, then I want to grow in my generosity and we can do that by trusting God with the tithe, planning to be generous, and starting now. Three ways that we can do that so that it can cause people to give thanks to God and glorify Him. And in a moment, we're gonna just get, give a bit of space and, and close this service with worship. But before we do that, I just wanna pray 
And we're intentional about doing this every Sunday and giving people an opportunity to respond to this news about Jesus. Because the reason that we're talking about giving is because we have a God who is so, so generous. And probably the most well-known verse in the Bible is John 3, 16 that says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. And God gave so that this life doesn't have to be it but we can live in the light of eternity, knowing that there is life after death and our relationship with God is made right because of Jesus. And out of that lavish gift, we can live in the light of that. So I'm just gonna invite us maybe just to bow your heads or close your eyes. And that gift of Jesus is extended to you this morning. God so loved that he gave. He so loved you that he gave Jesus. And so my question this morning is, have you received that gift? Have you received the gift of Jesus to be made right with God, to be able to have access to eternal life? And this morning, I'm just going to pray. You can make that decision now if you haven't. And the way we do this is I'm just going to count to three. And on three, If you say, I want to receive the gift of Jesus, then just pop up your hand and then I I know who I'm praying for. And it marks that moment for you as well. So online as well, if that's you, if you want to receive the gift of Jesus this morning, then on three, just pop up your hand. Ready? One, two, three. That's great. Beautiful. You can pop your hand down again. That's great. Anybody else this morning that says, I want to receive that gift of Jesus. That's beautiful. Great, see you. You can pop that down again. So why don't you just repeat this prayer after me? You don't have to do it out loud, but just in your heart, just repeat this. Say, Jesus, I receive your gift. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you make me right with God. Thank you that I have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just celebrate the people that have made that decision this morning? And if you, if you responded, then talk to somebody that you came with and tell them online. You can let us know in the comments as well. Um, and we've got a gift that we'd love to give you. We've got a book to mark this moment. Um, I want to give gift you that, so come and see one of our team at the back. Best decision you will ever make, 100%. So can we stand together, church? And this song has been a bit of an anthem for this series. Um, and let's use it just to declare and maybe like give God again our, our intentions, give him our motivations, give him the space to move in us. God, have your way in my finances. God, have your way in my giving. God, would you create room in me to be more generous, more open to you, more open to others in the name of Jesus.
few minutes, I'm just going to uh, land the service in this way. But um, we would have really missed something if we leave today thinking that was a lovely message on generosity. Um, I'll give it my best shot, um, as, as lovely as it was. Um, I think of the story of um, Jesus feeding the 5,000. The, the boy had just a little. He put it into the hands of Jesus and then a lot happened. And, and I think what, can, what God can unlock um, when, when he breaks the spirit of poverty over us and unlocks the spirit of generosity like is, is colossal. So um, I, I think I just want to give a moment um, and, and we're not going to do a come to the front repent moment but if you need to repent and give God a, that spirit of poverty if you've been walking around saying I can't be generous because I don't have anything um, and, it's, and it's like a heavy um, it's something that's heavy on you and, you and you constantly feel in lack you feel like you don't have enough you feel lesser than I feel right now um, God just wants to break that in Jesus name and help you just maybe a step at a time start now as we've been encouraged just to see the goodness of God and generosity flow out of your life so um, let me pray for you just bow your head close your eyes if you need to take this moment say God I'm sorry that I've been walking around with that uh, with the garments of despair with a spirit of poverty Lord we hand that to you now in Jesus name in Jesus name we break that spirit over this house we break that spirit over individuals that would say that I am lesser than that I don't have enough our declaration God is in you Jesus we have all things in you Jesus we have more than enough so I pray Lord that a spirit of generosity would flow from us from this house Lord and in the same way that that boy brought his lunch to you and you took it and met a need God take our small acts the little we have and do something that only you can do do something truly amazing in our time we pray in Jesus name Amen. Amen. And maybe some of us need to change how we speak about ourselves, how we think about ourselves. I have more than enough in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can we thank Pastor Amy for um, the words she brought there? Excellent. Hey, have a fantastic week, everyone, and we'll see you all very soon. <laughs>